Yes, lots to get to on this Thursday edition of the program. It is the Power Talk of Muncie, the new WMUN. Glad you're with us on the show today as the NBA All-Star Week kind of hits full force uh, starting tomorrow. There's been renderings of the uh, what is um, changing lights on the floor, which is interesting. Again, um, People need to understand when it comes to NBA All-Star Week, weekend, whatever, this is a flat-out entertainment show. The game and the and, and the situation on the floor on Sunday for the actual All-Star game is probably the least competitive part of the weekend. It's a show. It's a convention. It is uh, a TV event and doing something different to try to draw an audience or just engage and you know, I think it's interesting uh, that it's in um, Indianapolis and, you know, Adam Silver, I guess, said earlier uh, yesterday, the commissioner of the NBA, the resiliency of Indiana, because it is true in 2021, Indiana was supposed to host the NBA All-Star Game. And, you know, people may not understand all that it takes to put all this together, but I know that there's been league officials with the NBA that have been living in downtown Indianapolis for like the last six months to put all this together. Like it takes a, a, a large undertaking. I can't even imagine Super Bowl wise what occurred back in 20, was that 2013 or 2012 it was in 2012 and the undertaking it takes for the NFL. Like you, you get like a four year heads up and start working on it right then it takes way more than just saying hey we're going to host it at your place and uh hey we're just going to be there there's logistics that go there because this is um a big moment for the nba each and every year and i think the game itself and the viewers of the game isn't as important as everything else around it you know, the commissioner does a lot of state-of-the-league type stuff. Um, you, you have the, the, the most powerful players in the NBA are here. And, you know, that's one of the things that the NBA has over really any other sports. Uh, maybe Major League Baseball would be there, but I don't think the star power has risen to the level for Major League Baseball and those individual players like the NBA has, is that you get them all. Unless there is a, 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 a big injury happening, you know, you're going to get LeBron, you're going to get Kevin Durant, you're going to get Steph Curry, you're going to get all these guys in one place at one time, and that, that's big. Other than, you know, like Team USA or, 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 or that sort of thing, but it's affiliated with the NBA, but it's not. So this is the convention for the NBA in a lot of ways. Uh, Pat Boylan from the Pacers Radio Network is the Pacers last night. Look, it's not a pretty win, but it's going to look a lot better than it would have been a loss. Uh, the Pacers coming from behind against a really um, – not very good Toronto Raptors team last night, but you avoid what has happened to you against teams like Portland and Charlotte and et cetera and got it done against Toronto and you come into the break at what, eight games over 500, I think it is. So that's that's way better than the alternative. Oh, six games over 500, I overestimated. So Pacers 31 and 25, they remain sixth in the Eastern Conference. And so when they resume play on the 21st or 22nd, today's the 15th, so it's like six or seven uh, days in between games. Um, you know, the Pacers are four, 56 games into the season. Um, so you, you'll have 26 games remaining uh, in the regular season to spring to the finish line and we will be talking more and more 
about the Eastern Conference standings and the um, impact of wins and losses. You know, really, it's been, hey, if you're five, six, seven games above 500, you should be in the top six because if you look at 9 and 10, which those are part of the play-in spots, they're at 500 below. I mean, so, you know, it doesn't really... From a record standpoint, in my opinion, it doesn't take that much. If you are a uh, six, seven, eight game above 500 team, you should be in, in the top six. So um, very important things going forward for Indiana. We'll be talking a lot more about that as uh, we move through. Uh, the rest of the season for the Indiana Pacers. Again, it's not like you're going to look at this win, 127-125 against Toronto, and say that's one of your better wins of the season. It's that you avoided it being a story. Because the Charlotte loss earlier this week was not good. I mean, yeah, the fact that you've struggled against that team is not good. The fact that you've struggled against Portland isn't good. And you look at those and you say, hey, if we were to split those matchups, because I think you've lost to Charlotte twice and you've lost to Portland twice, you know, you would be eight games above 500 right now. Maybe be talking about fourth or fifth in the East right now, and um, that that makes a big difference. But fact of the matter is, big moments uh, coming the Indiana Pacers way after the All Star break. So uh, Pat Boylan from the Pacers Radio Network is going to join us at 4:25. I, I did see pictures of him um, because a lot of these events are going to be at Lucas Oil Stadium. The actual All Star game will be at Gamebridge Fieldhouse on Sunday, but in order to accommodate a lot of fans coming in and um, you know the the facility that Lucas Oil Stadium is you put a lot of those events at the bigger venue which is Lucas Oil Stadium so that would include the slam dunk contest the three-point contest uh, the skills competition I'm not sure if the rising stars game and the celebrity game would be at Lucas Oil, but I think that's a part of Friday and Saturday night, so I think that's the case. Um, Again, this is a show. Understand that. You know, if you roll your eyes at the NBA All-Star Game and those sorts of things, the one thing, again, that the NBA has, they get their stars there. They do. Whereas in the NFL, because of the way they've structured the Pro Bowl, uh, Patrick Mahomes didn't play in that game. You didn't have Christian McCaffrey play in that game. So the teams that are involved in the Super Bowl don't play, and then there's ancillary players that don't play either uh, just because they don't want to. In the NBA All-Star Game, at least they show up. (laughs) I I don't like the product either, uh, but again, that's been a, a, a long conversation of all of it. It's a convention. It's an entertainment deal. The economic impact for the uh, downtown Indianapolis is going to be far different than, uh, obviously, a Super Bowl would be. But it, it is significant to bring a major, major event like this. Um, and I don't know how it would compare to, like, an NCAA tournament opening round or regional or Final Four or whatever the case may be. But you get a lot of different fan bases that would likely have interest in going to these festivities because it is a a true entertainment event that's what it is it's not about the results it's um, a little different than what it used to be but it still is a major impact deal so anyway I want to get Pat's thoughts on that coming up here in a little bit there's a big story happening in sports tonight 
And the fact that it's it's a major story, I think, talks about the significance of an individual player uh, that is going to, um, you know, make their mark tonight. They've already made their mark, and that's Caitlin Clark from Iowa. We haven't really talked a lot about her, and um, I'm going to try to bring this up with Pat again because he's a team employee. We may not be able to talk very deeply about the potential of Caitlin Clark and and those sorts of things with the Indiana Fever, but I want to bring this up. So, uh, Caitlin. Caitlin Clark tonight with eight points um, in the matchup that she has. Uh, th- this is uh, Kelsey Plum's NCAA women's scoring record. With eight points uh, tonight, uh, she would break that record. Uh, this is against Michigan. And uh, there's still a potential that she could actually break the all-time NCAA scoring mark, which is held uh, by Pete Maravich, um, whether it's men's, women's, whatever the case may be. In my opinion, um, I think those two should be separate. You know, uh, when referencing the men's record and the women's record, whatever the case may be, um, it is a remarkable achievement by Caitlin Clark. And her legend continues to grow. She's already made her stamp in everything. And so there's a lot of different things that are attached to this and why it's important to bring up because April 15th is the WNBA draft. People are watching Caitlin Clark, seeing if she could get back to the national championship and those sorts of things. But as soon as her run ends, it'll all be about will she declare for the WNBA draft? And, you know, I I, I want to put this in proper perspective here. So there have been some really great women's basketball players. Um, You know, Paige Beckers is one of them. Um, Brianna Stewart is another. Um, There's been so many great players um, that have gone through, made great impacts in the sport. A lot of them have played at the University of Connecticut. Some have played at Notre Dame. I mean, there's, there's so many. Kaylin Clark is a totally different story. She is a totally different story. And so what she's going to accomplish tonight is a major, major deal. But the debate has been because why the eyes will be on her after the season is complete is she does have one more year of eligibility if she so chooses to return to Iowa. Now, the significance of this means a lot to the Indiana Fever and the state of Indiana as a whole because the Indiana Fever have the number one overall pick, which if Caitlin Clark declared, it's a foregone conclusion she would be the number one overall draft pick. It would be a major deal. This is this is a transcendent player. As a passer, as a shooter, all those things we will break down at the proper time. But, folks, tonight the tickets are going for upwards of $1,000 for this matchup tonight. She has sold out arenas. She has. And, you know, I, what I respect about her so much is that there was a story today that um, she was concerned – that when this moment happens tonight, they will stop the game and it'll be charged as a timeout to her team. She was worried about that, that it would give them one last timeout to use later in the game to win this game. You know, when there's comments like that, and then she's been on some of the Fox Sports radio shows that you listen to on this station and others and, and, and promoting all the different things that she does, and you just get a sense that she's so about the team. As talented as she is, She knows how good she is, but she knows how to affect winning as well. Iowa has been 
in the spotlight for quite some time with her presence. And it just makes you wonder the impact she would have for the city she ultimately plays professional basketball at. And, you know, I don't know how she – she has said she loves college basketball. She loves playing at Iowa. But if she gets this all-time scoring mark – It's a question of what more does she have to prove? And, of course, with the Indiana Fever sitting at the number one overall draft pick and the likelihood that they wouldn't be there the following year, obviously they would just – any city would lose it to get Caitlin Clark. Caitlin Clark has changed the way we look at women's basketball. There's no question about it. And so, folks – I want to put this in proper perspective that this is a big moment tonight, but as we go through the next couple of weeks, several weeks, you know, through the month of March and when uh, players declare, the real likelihood of her being a member of the Indiana Fever is right there to pair with Aaliyah Boston and, and all those sorts of things. But, you know, obviously I think it'll help them win if they ever were able to get Caitlin Clark. But the, 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 the fact of the matter is there will be appointment television and there will be appointment viewing. She will. I, I, I don't know, and this may be naive of me to even mention this, I don't know if there's been a sold-out WNBA game um, at, at Gamebridge Fieldhouse, even in the WNBA playoffs the year that Tamika Ketchings uh, guided the Indiana Fever to a, a WNBA championship when they won that one. Um, maybe that's a question for Pat, but I, I do want to preface that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask him if we can comment on this because obviously since he's a team employee, there are things he can comment on and things he can't comment on. So I, I want to get a perspective on that. But as a moment like this happens tonight, think about that as a potential for the Indiana Fever and for the state of Indiana. You know, um, what a what a perfect fit that would be. I mean, you know, uh, we always talk about who's your hysteria in basketball and, uh, you know, just the, the from the grassroots level to high school to collegiate to when the Pacers really play well, how, how, how this city or how this state gets around the Indiana Pacers. And Caitlin Clark would bring a different deal. It would be so different. And the potential is there that that could happen. And, you know, I think it really was quiet last year when the Indiana Fever got the number one overall draft pick. I mean, it was briefly mentioned that there was a possibility that that could happen. But based on some of the comments that Caitlin Clark had had about how much she enjoys college basketball, and she downplayed it. I mean, she really, really downplayed it. But... It begs the question, if when she gets this mark tonight and if she somehow got the all-time NCAA mark, what else would she have to prove? What else would she have to prove? And even with the year of eligibility left, it, it, it could be a fit with the Indiana Fever. And I'm telling you, folks, if you haven't been following this story, if you haven't watched some of these ticket prices, if you haven't watched some – if you didn't watch last year's LSU-Iowa game that was jam-packed, was it in San Antonio, I'm pretty sure? I mean, it was jam-packed. I'm not sure if it was sold out, but pretty darn close. It was one of the highest-viewed, if not the highest-viewed women's basketball game ever. And you bring that draw, and, and this is no disrespect to LSU, the majority of that audience was coming to watch Caitlin Clark. They were. And, you know, LSU took exception to that and, and absolutely dominated the game. But 
Caitlin Clark's a draw. I mean, she's an absolute draw. And if she was on the Indiana Fever, man, I tell you what, <clears throat> that would be something uh, to watch. So something to monitor going forward. And so as we uh, get deeper down the road here, we could be talking about that potential uh, with the Indiana Fever and Caitlin Clark and man. Would that just add another layer? You know, we talked about, you know, when Aaliyah Boston was drafted at number one and what she's ultimately become for the Indiana Fever. We talked about the Anthony Richardson draft pick and the young uh, star that Tyrese Halliburton is. Add Caitlin Clark to the mix, and the excitement of professional sports in this state is just going to explode. I mean, it's just going to absolutely explode. There has never been a youth movement in this state with professional sports like we have right now. And that's even if Caitlin Clark isn't drafted because Leah Boston had a heck of a rookie year. A heck of a rookie year. Think about if you add Caitlin Clark to that mix, folks. That will be something. And the WNBA specifically, the focus will be Indiana. It will be. I don't think it's going to matter who wins the NBA championship or WNBA championship, to be totally honest with you. The focus will be Indiana, and it will be a national story. That's what she's done for women's basketball, and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch uh, the, the, the final moments of, the, uh, uh, of her career, possibly at Iowa, and tonight a big moment where she can uh, capture the all-time women's scoring record in NCAA basketball. Thanks to those of you joining us on Facebook Live. Again, a couple of topics of conversation uh, to discuss with Pat Boylan from the Pacers Radio Network coming up here in a little bit. Uh, I do want to mention this, okay? I do want to mention this. Um, Coming up on Sunday is the draw for the IHSA Boys Basketball Sectional. So, um, you know, all the sectionals around the state will be drawn on Sunday. We have coverage on um, Saturday of Yorktown and Wapahani right here on the Tonka Muncie, the new WMUN and video streaming coverage. One game next week, and then it's all to the tournament. We're, we're, we're on our way to the tournament right there. Um, do want to let you know if you want to follow along with all of those sectional drawings, especially the ones that are of local interest, you can hear that show right here on the Tonka Muncie, the new WMUN on Sunday. And then shortly thereafter, Monday or Tuesday, we should have solidified um, exactly uh, where we will be headed uh, for the first couple of matchups of sectional action. Again, I think we've got the opportunity to have a couple of sectional champions around this area again. Last year, Delta and Wapahani did it, and they even both won regional championships with Delta going all the way to the uh, semi-state final in 3A. So, um, again, I, I think... Some of these sectional matchups are even more difficult than what ultimately would be the uh, the, the regional. Kind of felt that way uh, in a lot of these. So, again, you, you get through the sectional rounds. Sometimes, I mean, you could possibly find your way into, uh, into the semi-state. And so uh, I wanted to bring that up because that's coming your way this week coming uh, Sunday as we uh, we'll, we'll talk more about that coming up next week so thanks to those of you joining us on Facebook live as you always always do if you haven't followed our page on Facebook WMUN Muncie's where you find it the podcast for this show and every show we do available at WMUNMuncie.com or subscribe to our podcast page searching WMUN wherever you get your podcast from
from. So uh, Pat Boylan from the Pacers Radio Network is going to join us. Uh, not just Pacers, but Fever as well. And with the significance of tonight, I hope we have a chance to talk about this. I'm going to make sure we, we can talk about it with Pat um, and, and discuss all of the different things. All-Star Week in uh, Indianapolis. And, of course, basketball history uh, about to be set tonight, it looks like. So, Pat Boylan will join us after this. This is the Talk of Muncie, the new WMUN. We are brought to you in part, or presented, that is, by Walls Furniture and Mattress, Nebo Road in Muncie online, wallsfurniture.com. 90% of what's on the showroom floor in stock for you. 48 hours or less, that's the Walls Furniture and Mattress difference. New trends and styles coming in daily. Right here in Monsey, Nebo Road, right here in your community. That's Walls Furniture and Mattress, Nebo Road in Monsey, and online at wallsfurniture.com. Well, I would say it's a pretty busy week in central Indiana, and Pat Boylan's all around it. Pat Boylan from the Pacers and Fever Networks. Uh, Pat, we're certainly going to get to all of the different things that are happening uh, starting uh, really today uh, through the entire weekend. But I, I want to bring this up uh, because of the fever aspect. Um, what Caitlin Clark's going to accomplish tonight from you, you know, covering a WNBA team, um, what she's done for the sport, just generally, what can you say, obviously the accomplishments of the record tonight, uh, but what, from viewing it, what has it done for the sport, Pat? Well, at a very uh, simplistic level, I think one of the most stunning statistics that I have ever seen in the history of covering any sort of sport is the one last year where the women's championship game had more viewers than the men's. I mean, that is just an unbelievable testament to what Caitlin Clark uh, is and also the growth of the game in general. I mean, that's something that you know would have been unthinkable in previous years and still I think probably was going into it um, but she is just you know such a lightning rod of fan interest and the way that she plays the game is so spectacular um, that it allowed uh, you know Iowa and women's college basketball to be on a stage that frankly it's never been before and as somebody that has the great privilege of covering the WNBA throughout the season, um, you know, it, it just it it really I think was quite fulfilling to see that happen. Not so specifically to make it a, a men's versus women's thing by any stretch of the imagination, um, but just to see how far the women's game has come. I, I've been here for almost ten years in this job. Uh, this will be my tenth season working with the Fever. And from nine, ten years ago to now, women's basketball is on a completely different level. There is interest in the WNBA like there has never been, and there certainly wasn't eight or nine years ago. And so, you know, it's, it's this dichotomy of, like, Caitlin Clark has – really done she's moved mountains uh for women's basketball in general but also she's moving a mountain in a in a landscape that has been growing pretty exponentially as well and i think when you put those two things together um it's it's just been fantastic for the sport uh, whenever she does come out of iowa and comes into the wnba uh, i expect you know that fervor that has come from both her fans and from a national standpoint to continue and to state the very very obvious it's very very good uh, for the game for the sport for the league for basketball 
Well, and, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of want to talk a little bit about how she's different than some of the other great players. And it's certainly not to, to have any disrespect to the other great players uh, that have come out because we've had, I mean, we've had freshmen that have been most outstanding player and win four straight championships in college and they go to the WNBA and there's exposure, but they're, they're just another great player in the league. She feels different. So from a general sense, before she ever gets there, Pat, what would she mean differently to the WNBA than maybe any other player that's come out, if that's fair? Yeah, you know, it's such a good question, and it's one that I don't really have a feel for. And to just kind of state a disclaimer here, working for the organization, I cannot place any college player into any professional realm and certainly not ours, but I'm more than capable of talking about her impact, her game um, and, you know, how it potentially translates to the pro level. And, and a lot of that will just kind of have to wait and see. I mean, she has so much pressure on her shoulders whenever that day does come because there's already an expectation that she's going to be legendary. And there's an expectation by a lot of people that she's going to be legendary game one as a pro. And, I mean, those are expectations. I mean, you talked about it. There have been all sorts of, of legends that have come up through the game before the WNBA. Cheryl Miller – um, you know, all the way up into the most recent example. And, of course, they go before Cheryl Miller. That's just kind of a, a somewhat local reference that I think people uh, will understand. And uh, all the way up into Aaliyah Boston, who was player of the year and had a standout four seasons at South Carolina and one of the greatest college basketball players of all time. And yet this does feel different. And I think a lot of it is, um, today's age, the exposure that somebody like this is able to get, you know, uh, 20 years ago, I'm not even talking interest of the game. I'm just talking about like how possible would it have been for Iowa basketball to be on TV. Now you turn on Fox, regular old Fox uh, right. on a Saturday at one o'clock and she's on. And that's not the first time that she's been on. And a lot of that, you know, goes back to the, the pioneers even before the WNBA. Um, you know, there, there've been so many that have helped lift the sport up and now she's in a position uh, to continue to do so. And I expect, um, you know, all of that to carry over into the WNBA. There's a little bit of a unique dynamic in college and that, that dynamic in college, which is she's got a rabid fan base at Iowa that I fully expect almost all of them to come with her. Um, but it's a little different when you're at a college and people that went to that college tend to root for all teams in that college uh, versus a pro team where you kind of have to earn loyalty. Um, but, you know, it, it'll be fascinating to see how she translates both as a player, um, but also just as this massive magnet for attention. And you go back, for example, to LeBron James when he was coming into the NBA. I mean, what you can't control, what these leagues can't control is what type of person gets this unbelievable God-given athletic ability. And the NBA was so fortunate <laughs> that LeBron James, the person, is the person who got all of that ability because, I mean, that type of stardom thrown at somebody so young is so, so difficult to navigate. Right. And yet you've never seen a LeBron James in, uh, you know, any sort of police report. You never saw Peyton Manning in, in any of that. And, uh, and Caitlin Clark appears to be just – 
a terrific person and someone with a great head on her shoulders. And so, um, you know, if anybody's built for this, I'm not speaking at an area of, of too much knowledge here because I never even met her in person, but she appears to be somebody that can handle just these, the, the, the mighty weight that's going to be on her shoulders and will continue to be. Yeah, it's, it's funny you bring up LeBron James because that's that's really the only apt comparison I could say of, like, she's got to live up to what LeBron had the expectations of being a youngster. And like you said, it's not fair, but that's just the the, the, the mountainous hill she's she's got to climb. And, and again, she's navigated pretty well to this point. Uh, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, one more question on uh, the WNBA, Pat, because um, Caitlin Clark, I believe it was the opener. Um, she in Iowa like sold out an arena. Um, I, I, I think it was a sellout, uh, and I can't remember the game. But anyway, um, I, I want to go back to the years just from a, a proper perspective when Tamika Catchings led the, uh, Indi- uh, the Indiana Fever to a championship. Um, what, how, how full were those games? Just to put a perspective, and it's not to compare and say, well, even the championship game wasn't you know, well attended. The point is the impact that she's doing to sell out arenas like she is, and I know we're in that d- different day and age. What was the attendance like through that run, if, if, if you know off the top of your head? You know, I came in at the very end of it. So my first year uh, calling games for the Fever was 2015, and it was um, it was Tamika's second to last season. So I caught the very tail end of her run. Um, I can tell you, regular season, probably somewhere between six and nine thousand a game. Now they did make the WNBA Finals in 2015. And this was a whole rally the city type thing around it. The receiver right. organization did a great job of getting the Colts involved. Uh, they did sell out the entire arena, the 17,000 or whatever, for game three against Minnesota. And I want to say attendance was around 14 or 15 for game number four against Minnesota. Um, that's a legendary athlete in the championship game um, that, you know, Tamika Catchings, very few, if any, have accomplished uh, what she has at the professional level. So, they were able to, in the finals and in previous runs, get that building near, if not totally full. But it certainly did take uh, finals runs to get there. Gotcha. Gotcha. Just from a proper perspective standpoint, because I've had people kind of ask that as uh, the comparison of WNBA attendance to what, uh, what, you know, what Caitlin Clark and those sorts of things. It's Pat Bloom for the Pacers Radio Network. All right. On to All-Star Week. What does this mean for, um, you know, I, I think we know what it means for the city and the state. Um, having this and being a member of the Pacers organization yourself, Pat, what is this opportunity for the Indiana Pacers organization to be the host for this? Yeah, I think you look at it from a couple different directions and certainly from the Pacers sports and entertainment side of things. Look, Indianapolis is a city that has large, you know, punched above its weight class. Um, in terms of big events, we know that. I'm not blowing anybody's mind here on the radio uh, by saying that the Super Bowl, the Final Four every five years, the Indy 500, uh, All-Star Weekend this year, It's I was already down there for most of Thursday. They're going to knock it out of the park. They already have started to knock it out of the park. So from that perspective, you know, Indianapolis, I've always kind of felt like is a – a small big city with a chip on its shoulder that feels like it should be at the level of 
bigger cities than it. And I think that's what allows it to perform at such a great level. Um, Rick Fusen, who's the CEO of Pacer Sports and Entertainment, is all, has also been uh, high up on the board of the Indy Sports Corp, which is what throws on these big events in the city. And so we have, uh, you know, just a, a wealth of leadership and knowledge. Mel Raines, who will be taking over for Rick um, in June in his role. Mel helped run the Super Bowl. So there's there's such a wealth of knowledge in throwing big events in this city. And I think it's the pride that comes with knocking it out of the park each time. And Rick had an interesting comment in a podcast he did. I said, you know, I asked him that question. Why? Why is Indy always so good at this? And he goes, because we have to just keep proving ourselves to get people to come back here. This next part isn't his words, it's mine, but this isn't New York, Chicago, L.A., Miami, where events just end up in your city because of the size of them. You have to work to get them here, and then when you get them here, you can't mess up that opportunity. Um, And this city, for the size of it, hosts big events better than any place in the world. And from, you know, the Pacers, from a basketball perspective, look, the de facto host, the Mater D, if you will, of All-Star Weekend 2024 is going to be Tyrese Halliburton. And you only need to go back to early December when in the in-season tournament, the biggest thing happening in basketball was this Pacers run, and it was centered around Tyrese Halliburton. So the star of Tyrese Halliburton this year, um, I, I think, has risen, and he's become a household name and will continue to become one. And the Pacers have, you know, a a ton of experience. They have a ton of influence um, in this event. You know, they'll be involved in the skills competition and three-point contest, and they'll be there on All-Star Sunday. Um, So they have involvement in every, just about every level of this, which I think is exciting too. And I think, you know, the the weather so far is is not looking as bad as it could be in mid-February. And I think, uh, fingers crossed for a great weekend and another um, notch in the belt of this city hosting a big event. But, you know, we'll see. You never know what's going to happen. Um, the the tip-off event begins uh, tonight. The technical tip-off of All-Star Weekend actually happens at 6. I'm going to head down there right after uh, we finish this phone conversation here. And then uh, All-Star Weekend in Indy will officially be underway. So from that perspective, Pat, you mentioned it uh, briefly there about Tyrese. Um, people know, and we've talked about it a little bit on this show, uh, out of their control, obviously, uh, but they were supposed to have the All-Star game in 2021 that got moved. Um, in a way, you never like it to be moved, but now you have it here in 2024. Because of where this team's at and you have a transcendent star in Tyrese, is the timing almost perfect for them to be hosting this because of what the organization has accomplished uh, so far this season? Yeah, and, and of course, I want to be very clear here because it's a very, uh, it's a, it, it can be a very sensitive topic from the perspective of it got pushed back because of a global pandemic sure. that was so, so much larger than basketball. So I don't want to by any means come across as flip when I say this because that was uh, a really difficult and tragic time around the world. But there are massive silver linings from a pure All-Star Weekend perspective to hosting in 2024 versus 2021. If you think of where that Pacers team was um, in the 2021 season, um, it just pales into comparison to, I think, the interest around the league that this Pacers team has garnered. And it's more than that. Uh, the building you know, wasn't fully complete, the field house of the future. Um, wasn't fully complete. It now is um, the Bicentennial Unity Plaza, which is the space with the basketball court. Um, that 
that would not have been there, and it is here now. And so, you know, Indy is in a much better place to host this game because of all of the renovations that have now been done. Um, and, and once the pandemic came into play, you know, I think most people here that are running the event didn't want it because if you remember the 2021 all-star game ended up, I think being in new Orleans, but it was a, let's quickly get the players in. Um, you know, let's, let's get this game. And, and I can't even remember if they did like a Saturday night or not. But it was it was a very, very, very toned down All-Star weekend. And I think everybody here said, look, it stinks that we're going to have to reschedule this, but let's let's make sure we can do it the right way. And it feels like that we've been waiting for this weekend to be here for almost a decade. Um, but now that it is, I mean, the pieces, they fit together, I think, even a lot better than they did in 2021. And Halliburton and the success of this team and just kind of the upward trajectory that they're on – absolutely is a big part of that so um uh for those that may not be able to make it to the events um they're uh just kind of the structure of the weekend itself there is a lot of events at lucas oil stadium because of the size and the multi-purpose part of that venue of course the all-star game at gamebridge on sunday but all of the events and kind of the structure for those that know kind of the trajectory of downtown uh give us kind of a layout uh, of everything that's going on in the multi uh, world-renowned facilities that uh, Indianapolis has to offer. Yeah, and I think one of the cool things of an event like this is it's multiple days, so it's not like you have to be down there on Sunday, and if you aren't able to make it, uh, you can't experience this. Another aspect of this is there's just there's going to be something at every price point for people. We, we, we understand that the demand for all-star game tickets is through the roof, and one thing I thought um, this group did a great job of is they made 10,000 tickets available for $24 for Saturday night, but there is an understanding that there's a lot more than 10,000 people here in Indiana that wanted to see that, and I know there was some frustration for people that maybe didn't get it, um, but this has been, I, I think it's very accessible. You can come down uh, tonight, there, there is a well, you had to have a ticket because we only had so much room, but there's a free uh, concert and event tonight that's sort of uh, the tip-off of the whole All-Star Weekend, kind of like a, a Olympic opening ceremony type thing, and that's really what tips off the whole weekend, but you can come down and just be a part of it and walk around down town there will be free stuff going on in the streets um, and just kind of soak in the moment there's also at the indiana convention center something called crossover which is it does cost money but it doesn't sell out and it's an affordable price point you can get in it's open friday saturday and sunday and it goes through the convention center and it has different family friendly type experiences there will be you know loads of different um prominent people coming in doing Q&As, um, you know, an, an ability to kind of take your all-star experience to the next level at, I think, an affordable level. And uh, you're right. I mean, we're, we're all over the place because we want the most people to be able to enjoy this. So Friday night, the events are at both Lucas Oil and Gainbridge. Uh, the Celebrity Game, I believe, is at Lucas Oil. The Rising Stars is at Gainbridge. And then all of Saturday night, the dunk contest, the three-point contest, skills contest, all that, that's over at Lucas Oil. 
Sunday, everything's at Gainbridge. Anybody who's ever been in downtown Indianapolis knows how walkable and accessible it all is. And so everything kind of in that mile square, um, it, it's decked out in all-star. It'll have an all-star theme to it. And even if you don't have tickets or the ability to acquire tickets, I think it's going to be worth coming down and enjoying this experience. The last time it was here uh, was 1985. You and I, Mark, weren't born yet. So uh, if you look forward, hopefully it's not that long till the next time it comes. But this is maybe a, a twice in a lifetime type thing, three times in a lifetime type thing. It doesn't come around all that often. Um, and, you know, if you're in the Muncie area listening, uh, hop on I-69 and make that drive down if you can. And I assure you that uh, you won't regret making that decision. Pat Boyle and Pacers and Fever Radio and Media Networks. Uh, big weekend for uh, the, the Pacers Sports and Entertainment. 60 seconds here. I know I've been asking you this nearly every time coming on. I think I know the answer to this question. Uh, when Tyrese Halliburton got the injury about a month and a half back, my speculation on whether uh, how much he would play. Obviously, with based on the way the last couple weeks have gone and really no restrictions, uh, he's a full go for this weekend. That's my understanding. Yeah, I, I don't think you could hold him back even if you wanted to. So I expect him to be a full go. I, I do think, you know, he was strong in the game last night against Toronto from a rhythm standpoint. He's probably not 100% there. I think that'll be an interesting conversation. I'm sure you and I will have on this show maybe next week as the post-All-Star break slate uh, gets into action. Uh, but in terms of All-Star weekend, you'd have to literally, you know, I think handcuff <laughs> the guy to keep him from showing up. He's been so excited for all this, and this is – going to be, uh, you know, in a lot of ways, Tyrese Halliburton's Indie All-Star Weekend in 2024, and I'm excited to see, you know, how he does with everything and, and how he handles this stage, and um, I think he's a fantastic representative here of the organization, of the city, and of the state of Indiana. It's Pat Boylan with us. Uh, follow him along, and obviously you can find all the events and everything um, on the NBA website of uh, what you can be a part of with all NBA All-Star Weekend. Pat, enjoy it. Look forward to the recap next week. Have a great week. Sorry if you didn't want your listeners knowing that you weren't born by 1985. I apologize for giving that away if you didn't want me to. Oh, don't worry. Every time they meet me, they're like, you look like you're 15. So, uh, you know what? Hey, I'll, 32 I'll take, but uh, definitely not 1975. So, uh, you as well, Pat. We sat at the same lunch table at Carmel. So. <laughs> hey, that, that 15 thing that's going to work in your favor down the line. Uh, yeah, I, that's what I've been told. That's what I've been told. So, hey, thanks, thanks, thanks Pat. That's uh, Pat Boylan for the Pacers Radio Network with us. We're back with with you next yes back with you on the show Muncie the new WMUN as always brought to you in part by State Farm agent Jason May make sure you get all the discounts you deserve by calling Jason at 747 7100 a day yep a lot going on uh, this weekend in downtown Indianapolis so uh, here's a couple of things that you can take a look at by the way Pat Boylan was outstanding we talked about a lot of different topics and again so you know um, couldn't talk about the potential of Caitlin Clark to the fever that uh, you know that's a disclaimer of uh, we just couldn't go there Uh, that's just something we we, we couldn't uh, cross the line there so but a lot lot, lot more on that as we uh, as we kind of move forward so um things kind of start tonight with like a kickoff event 
Uh, tomorrow, um, there is um, the Celebrity All-Star Game which is at Lucas Oil Stadium, 7 o'clock. The Rising Stars uh, side of things is tomorrow night at Gamebridge Fieldhouse at 9 o'clock. Saturday is usually one of fans' favorite days that go to these all-star events um, as uh, there will be a – the the, the Saturday night deal includes the Kia Skills Challenge, uh, the Starry Three-Point Contest, uh, Stephen Curry versus Sabrina Ionescu. Uh, They're going to do a three-point challenge. And then the AT&T Slam Dunk Contest will occur uh, tomorrow night, or on Saturday night, that is. That's all at Lucas Oil Stadium. Um, From what it sounded like, that was one of the hardest tickets to get uh, in order to be there at Lucas Oil Stadium. You know, that's really, I mean, it starts at 8 o'clock. That's like, you know, three and a half, four hours of just uh, a lot of stuff happening. No doubt about it. Um, Sunday, the uh, G League All-Star Game is at the Indiana Convention Center at 1.30. And then the uh, NBA All-Star Game is at Gamebridge Fieldhouse, 8 o'clock on Sunday. What I like is they went back to the east-west um, side of things. You know, the whole um, kind of pickup game, everybody drafts one another and those sorts of things. They went away from that, and I think that was a smart idea, just like every other league that does it. Uh, the NL versus the AL, the NFC versus the AFC, all of those sorts of things. I'm glad the East-West is back. I mean, it's the way it should be. If you're going to do it, just do it that way. So um, all of that in downtown Indianapolis, and much like you would for a Super Bowl, there's a lot of uh, really cool events that you can be a part of if you do not have a chance to go into the game or have a ticket for uh, all these events. There's so much going on at the convention center downtown around the uh, Gamebridge Fieldhouse Plaza area, which has been revamped, and I haven't had a chance to check it out, but uh, I certainly will very, very soon. There's so much, so much going on, and uh, good for the for Indiana to have this opportunity for sure. So tomorrow we're going to talk a lot of college basketball. A little bit of high school basketball and um, maybe even a little bit of football as we uh, start to embark on the uh, off-season side of things. So big thanks to Pat Boyle and Pacers Radio Network. Uh, We are back with you tomorrow. Same time, same place, 4 o'clock for a Friday show. Have a great evening. We'll talk to you tomorrow.